Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We are moving into session five in Behind the Curtain, Exposing the Spirit of Antichrist. My name is Sean McFarland, and beside me here is Neil Barnt, and we are discussing how the spirit of Antichrist affects uh, our culture on all levels. Uh, and this, these messages are specifically for believers and a call to believers to no longer be silent, to be to use their voices in righteousness without fearing uh, the culture, people, politicians, uh, authorities. We're fearing God and we're honoring men. And that's the perspective that we're coming from. One of the scriptures that we looked at was Proverbs 29, 2. And it says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. One of the statements that was made previously um, by John Francis Mercer in the founding uh, of this nation was, it is a great mistake to suppose that the paper we are to propose will govern the United States. It is the men whom it will bring into government and interest they have in maintaining it that are to govern uh, that are to govern them. The paper will only mark out the mode and the form. Men are the substance and must do the business. And so what we're talking about is the importance of character. We in our last session we hit on political the political a little bit on the political platforms as far as the Democrats and the Republicans and we're going to do that again in this session. Um and so I want to I want to actually start out here um today Neil you can pray here in just a second but we're going to go to uh Job 22:15 and we're going to start there and we're going to talk about in this session uh, a statement by uh, Charles Finney, and specifically, we're going to talk about um, those that we elect that they actually do what they say, <laughs> that they don't just. This was a big deal to Jesus that we didn't just hear mm -hmm. from him, but we actually do. And part of character is not being able to just speak things. Um, we should not just be impressed with the uh, podium presence of a politician or even a preacher. We need to know substance of character. In other words, there needs to be some action behind words. Mm -hmm. And so why don't you go ahead and open us up in prayer and we'll move right into this. All right. Well, Father God, I just thank you again that we can come together and that we can spread your word. God, I thank you that in uh, character is important to you. And I thank you that just because we can say something doesn't make it so. But when we speak the word of God, that your word goes through it and it immediately is empowered. Father God, I just thank you that these words are empowered by your word and that the people would hear them and act on them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Job 22.15 is where I'm going to um, start here first. It says this, Will you keep to the old way which wicked men have trod? who were cut down before their time, whose foundations were swept away by a flood. And specifically, as far as character and being a doer and not just a hearer, we're talking about foundations here. Mm -hmm. um, and you'll notice that um, the question there that's posed in Job is, will you do the way the wicked did? Because we know they get cut down before their time. Yeah. So as believers, this is a this is a foundational uh truth that we need to understand and that we can rest our hope in that those who do wicked are not going to last as long as we continue to stand on the word of god and continue to do what he's called us to do and act in obedience in all areas of our lives according to his word we know we have a firm foundation and we can stand on that so um a famous Preacher, Charles Finney, I believe it's Charles Finney. I better make sure I'm quoting him right here. Yeah, Charles Finney stated this. He said, the time has come, and this was during his day. It's not like he's a modern preacher, but this was during his day. He said, the time has come for that Christians must vote for honest men and take consistent ground in politics. Well, you know, sometimes I think people think, well, you know, there sure is a generation rising up like never before, uh, in Christianity and in biblical truth that's really getting involved in politics, really, um, that was the founding of the nation. Mm -hmm. It was people, this nation was founded by people who got very interested in Scripture, 
and then looked and saw how it was necessary for it to apply to politics because they were under tyranny and it was affecting their ability to serve and worship God. And so we see here Charles Finney saying this, we need to take consistent ground in politics. This is a demand from a famous, uh, well-known uh, preacher in the past, um, really a general in the faith, um, who stated, we need to take ground. So as believers, we need to take ground. And how do we do that? We do that by voting honest men into office. He, he went on to say this, God cannot sustain this free and blessed country, which we love, uh, pray and pray for, unless the church will take right ground. It seems sometimes as if the foundations of the nation are becoming rotten and Christians seem to act as if they think God does not see what they do in politics. Well, that's a pretty strong statement that's being made. And we saw from Job uh, 22, 15 specifically, whose foundations were swept away by a flood. So let's turn over and look at um, specifically here Luke uh, chapter 6. Verse number 46, and this is a familiar passage of Scripture that Jesus shared and is talking specifically about foundations. And specifically what I want to point out here is that we need to elect people that are doers and not just hearers. Um, they're not just great public speakers either. They actually do what they said or promised they would do in politics. In politics in America, we've gotten way too used to accepting the fact that, you know, how politicians are, mm -hmm. you know, kind of the statement, you know, yeah, they're going to make a bunch of promises, but really we know they're not going to do. So what are we voting for then? Yeah. Are we voting for good feelings? Cause you know, is it the best speaker? I mean, yeah. What, what is the, the nicest looking guy? Yeah. Is, is it skin color? That's the most important. Is it gender? That's the most important. I thought character, of course, we know this from Martin Luther King, as far as, what he stated, Martin Luther King Jr., what yeah. he stated, it's not the color of skin. It's the substance of character yeah. in the person. And that's so vitally important. It's vitally important. Yeah. And so we see that same statement being made here. Um, Jesus said this. He said, build on the rock. Luke 6, 46, he said, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. Verse 48 says, he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and it, it could not shake it for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently, or the storm came, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of the house was great. So from this passage of Scripture and from some of the and the one in Job, we can see that if we are not going to be doers of righteousness, as far as believers specifically, our lives will fall apart quickly. And I, I find it interesting. Do you notice here that the storm doesn't, isn't, uh, it doesn't pick which one it comes to. Yeah, it's not a one-sided event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's coming to you no matter what you believe about it or not. The storm is going to come. Mm -hmm. And whether we survive as Americans, whether we survive as Christians as far as on the foundation of rock is determined by what? I love it what it says here in the Luke in Luke's uh, uh, um, deliverance of this message and how he recorded it. He says... The person who uh, hears and does is like a man who dug deep and laid the foundation. That doesn't sound easy to me. <laughs> it doesn't sound like, you know, character is something that is, uh, you know, yeah, this is this person is just, you know, they say the right things. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't sound like somebody who's, it's somebody who dug deep. They went into the depth, not only of themselves in repentance, but then also they went down deep. Let's say it's a politician, because that's what we're talking about specifically as far as government. They dug deep to find solid bedrock to build and govern the society from. And I think we see that clearly from our founding fathers. Yeah. Well, and, and when you look at what they did when they got into office, like it was unprecedented for somebody who was the president to basically walk away from the job. Yeah. The people at that time literally would have kept George Washington in office until he passed away in office. Right. And he said, no, 
I've done my part. I'm done. Right. And really, that was a huge precedent at the time because they could have easily just said, oh, you know, it's good enough to have George Washington be the guy. We'll just let that be what we have and we'll figure it out after that. Right. But he really instilled in them this point that it's not just about the man. It's about what I stand for. And I'm going to stand for the fact that I'm not going to be a king. I'm going to be somebody that served the people. I served this generation. I served the next generation. And now I'm going to step away. Right. And that's a person who is aware of the importance of character because all too often, even as believers, of course, the world, we understand they're not born again. So we understand that. But all too often as believers, it's quick for people to get it over into the flesh mm -hmm. and into the desires of the flesh and end up uh, exercising their position or their rights personally or from a flesh character, from a from a, a low standard of character rather than digging deep and justifying doing something that they shouldn't. Yeah. Like staying in office way too long. Yeah. Well, it's not enough to just build one corner of the foundation. Right. I, I have one area of my life that's really centered on Jesus, but then right. the rest of it, I'm just going to put some sand around that area right. and hope that it's okay. Right. Well, it didn't say that the flood only went on the area that Jesus is in your life. It right. went through the whole area. Yeah. So if you choose to make a foundation that's half of what you're supposed to do or just a tiny bit, then that foundation isn't going to stand up any more than the one for the person that just put something on sand and hope for the best. Right. And so this is what, well, this is one of the wonderful things, you know, and we do as, as, uh, humans, we get in patterns, but this is the wonderful thing about having elections every so many years, even though sometimes in the natural, to be honest with you, I could do without every four years because you're dealing with so many things coming at you. I mean, political ads left and right, mm -hmm. and they're all claiming character. They're all claiming love. They're all claiming we're going to do this for you. We're going to serve you. My question is this, what kind of experience have we had with that leadership? Yeah. And friend, listen to me. People say, well, we don't want to judge people. Yes, you do. You want to judge the fruit. Now, whether they're going to heaven or hell or not is up to God, and that's between them and God. We're not going there. But we can judge fruit. We can judge whether or not they're functioning in character, and, and we have a record of it. Yeah, It's called their voting record. Yeah, and sometimes they want to try to hide that and not have <laughs> votes and, and do shady things, and that speaks to their character as well. If you don't want to have the transparency to say, this is what I stand for. This is what I believe. And I'm going to continue to believe that. Yeah. You know, you have people that constantly are trying to point out things from 30, 40 years ago when these politicians said something and they're like, well, I evolved on that opinion. Yeah. Well, that may be the truth. You may have actually changed your mind on something. Right. But the fruit of what you do is consistent yeah. in who you are. Right. Right. And oftentimes, even as we talked about last session, the decisions of evolving on ideas is usually motivated by a greed for money. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can, you know, the scripture and we read it, the love of money is the root of all evil. If you want to find out where certain politicians are going and what they're going to stand for, follow the money trail, see where it ends up. And guys, having money is not evil. Loving it is, you know, people will say, well, you know, uh, you know, that person is, has a lot of money. Well, that doesn't make them evil. It just means they have a lot of money. What they do with that money determines, you know, what kind of person that, yeah. that they, that they are and how they, how they spend that money and what they do with it. Um, specifically just some st statements here. Um, Christ is the only foundation that can withstand the storm of antichrist. <laughs> and so if you want to be firm in your life, you need to have that foundation rolling. Part of the accountability that we should hold our elected officials to as believers is that they not only hear our requests, but that they perform them. In other words, they do what they say. When elected officials become professional talkers, instead of accomplishing what they say they are going to do, then the people they represent are in danger of being washed away. That was something that the Lord really ministered to me out of this passage of Scripture. And I'll say that again. When elected officials become professional talkers, instead of accomplishing what they say they are going to do, then the people they represent are in danger of being washed away. 
So if we have somebody in office who we think is going to stand up for the character and the, the call of God according to his word, and they begin to be talkers but not doers, then our freedoms begin to be washed away. They begin to be eroded. Yeah. And I think that happens so many times where you've got somebody with a lot of zeal in their life. Right. And then they get surrounded by the establishment that's already in place. And it's it's hard to go against the grain. It's hard to walk a path of righteousness when the majority of people may not be on that path. Right. And even with, um, you know, and I can almost see that when you said that as far as a picture in my mind of this senior politician who's been in there forever, kind of taking the younger under their wing and saying, this is where the money is, kid. You know, and uh, there's a temptation within politicians to follow that because money has an allure to it. And these things have an allure to them. Uh, a they 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 stir up the desires of the flesh and then the 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 uh, the nature of the flesh and the enemy, the spirit of Antichrist in reasoning why it's OK comes into place mm -hmm. when in all reality, those not only our founding fathers, but those that are in office and that are running for office need to have such a foundation of fear of God and character in their life that those things don't even move them. You know, uh, it's the same for preachers. It's the same for whoever, yeah. you know, people, um, I went to, uh, Bible college at Rama, and, uh, the founder of that Bible college, the, the head of it was Kenneth Hagan ministries or Kenneth Hagan. It's called Kenneth Hagan ministries, Kenneth E. Hagan. And one of the statements that was made, uh, about him by the instructors, I don't think he said it. He was there teaching when I was there. I don't think he said it himself, but one of the statements was made that when he, and it's in one of his books, I don't remember which one it is, but when he went to go write his first book, uh, um, that the Lord had been dealing with him about as far as a teacher and writing that book for, for Christianity, somebody said to him, yeah, you should write a book because you can make a lot of money doing that. And this so impressed me. He, he, he stated, or this person stated, and he stated it, it stated in one of his books that he waited another six or seven years after that, um, not to write the book because he had to get that thought out of his head first mm -hmm. that he was doing it to make a lot of money. You have to start with character. Money will follow character. And friend, even if it doesn't character is more important. It's, it's just irrational to chase and have greed for money when your life is so temporal and it's so temporal. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. So another statement that the Lord had given me concerning this, currently in the United States, you have a breakdown of these uh, uh, these truths versus uh, uh, state by state as far as seeing the character of what's going on. Depending on who is running each state, you see how they have responded to COVID-19 and the civil unrest with the, the civil issues that we have going on in the streets. Those who have leadership who are stable have states that are stable during the storms. And those who have leadership that are unstable have states that are unstable mm -hmm. during these storms. Have These are questions we need to ask. Have our politicians upheld the Constitution and the rule of law? Um, and I got lost in my papers here, but I'll, I'll get to it. Here it is right here. Um, have our elected officials done what they said they would do? Have they acted on the promises they have made? Have our elected officials produced a solid foundation for us to live on in storms? Or have they produced a bunch of sand where communities are wiped out in storms? These are all thoughts that, that we need to be thinking about. Elected officials who have no foundation in Christ are dominated by the spirit of Antichrist in thought and the influence of their flesh. These will never lead to solid foundations in leadership. William Cullen Bryant, 1794 to 1878, the famous American poet and longtime editor of the New York Post stated, the very men who in the pride of their investigations into the secrets of the internal world turn a look of scorn upon the Christian system of belief are not aware how much of the peace and order of society, how much the happiness of households and the purest of those who are in the dear, who are the dearest to them are owing to the influence of that religion extending beyond their sphere. He said this in my view, um, the, the life, the teachings, 
the labors and the sufferings of the blessed Jesus, there can be no admiration too profound, no love of which the human heart is capable to warm, no gratitude to earnest and and deep of which he is justly the object. So in other words, to put it in the way we would talk today, those who absolutely hate God should really be thanking us for being salt and light where we're at because you don't realize how much of the peace, the structure, the order, the word of the living God has placed within the society of America. You, you're missing it. And I understand why, because the spirit of Antichrist is operating. But I pray that your eyes are open. I pray that you see, because we owe so much of the peace that we experience currently to our founding fathers mm -hmm. who studied and prayed incessantly to put into place the constitution that we have. Yeah. I mean, it's you, you cannot sow disorder and reap order. You cannot, this is why I am so against, uh, you know, tearing up the streets and burning business down and cars down and all that stuff. You cannot sow those things and harvest righteousness and peace back to yourself. You are sowing destruction. You will reap it if you don't repent. And Christians, specifically to Christians, if you're supporting those things, you're going to reap harvest of that destruction in your life. If you sow as a, if I sow as a believer into abortion by, by voting for a, a pro-abortion platform, I'm going to reap a harvest out of that. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter your personal beliefs. Because I can believe that the world is flat, but <laughs> if yeah. if I believe that till my dying day, right. I don't change the state of the world. Right. I don't be believe in living your life in a way that you can murder somebody. But if I elect people that don't represent that view, right, then I'm not actually supporting my values and my belief. I'm right saying one thing and doing another yeah out of fear of i might lose my social security check yeah or i might have somebody down the road not like me because i didn't put the right sign in front of my house or, right or whatever the case may be right yeah and that's uh there's so much insecurity in the church they they you know the the, the enemy has done a good job and it's the tide is turning on it i don't believe it's going to stay this way of putting the church in fear mm -hmm. when we're commanded not to fear. Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah. I mean, you think about our, the early church when it was birthed in the book of Acts. I mean, how much stuff did they deal with that? We're not even coming close to dealing with. We're not, it's not even a, it's not even a shred of what they dealt with. Yeah. Well, they are starting to bring the rock thing back. Yeah. They are starting to do that. I, yeah, I've noticed that not only that, but the gun thing as well as we've seen. Yeah. But, but in all reality, does that mean the church should sit back and hide? Now, there may be a time to hide, but we, we should. I actually had a, a lady in our in our prayer group. She said uh, she was doing some studying and praying and things like that about the nation. She spends a lot of time praying for our country, which is, of course, biblical and praying for the president. And she made the statement. She said, it's coming time for the silent majority to be no longer silent. It's time to speak. Yeah. It's it's easy to observe and not say anything. Yeah. It's a lot harder to give your life, your fortune, and your sacred honor yeah. for something you believe. Yeah. Because it does have an effect. It, you know, and, and I'm a parent, you know, uh, I, you know, my wife and I and our kids, you think about these things. And there is potential, uh, uh, you, you, you run the risk of, and you put yourself in a position where you have to believe God because there are those out there that will harm. If somebody has it in their heart to vote for the murder of a baby, they have murder in their heart. And if murder's in your heart, then don't be surprised that you hate me so much right now that you have feelings of murder towards me. It's because it's not because of what I'm saying. It's because murders in your heart. What's in my heart right now? If I'm willing to put myself in a position to speak truth to somebody where they could potentially come against me in harm, is that because I 
am I now out to murder you? No, I'm just speaking to the truth that you think you're standing on, which is not a truth. And I'm trying to call light to your eyes to come out of that and actually think, research, and see what that would lead to, where in the heart of a person, that rises within them this rage to want to harm. Like I've seen you see some of the videos of, of the rioting and things where they're, they're going to go after a person with their child in the street, and they're going to start yelling death threats at mm. a father with his daughter at, in, a, in a place where they're standing, exercising their rights yeah. to be able to speak. And they're going to yell threatening murderous words, but why should that surprise us? Why should that surprise you if you're watching and you totally disagree with what we're saying? The issue is your heart, and you need to see that, that the spirit of Antichrist is operating in you. And I'll be honest, you receive Christ into you, that that anger and that hatred will go away, yeah. and you'll become those that will give their life for others and rather than going around trying to take lives. Yeah, well, it's just like, Saul in the Bible, who became Paul, yeah, went around murdering Christians because that's what the government told him to do. Right, and then all of a sudden he had an encounter with Jesus that yep. so rocked his life that yep. he no longer wanted to murder Christians. He yep. wanted to make more Christians. Yep, yeah, to the point that he was the spirit with now that was within him, instead of going around wanting to kill Christians, is now willing to die for those that would kill him for the message that he now carries. And that's the goal. That's what we're after here. And you say, well, what's that got to do with politics? You could preach that either way. Well, I'll just go back to what Paul said. It's easier to spread the gospel in peace. I prefer to do it in peace. And that's why I'm calling Christians to stand up and vote. That's what the purpose yeah. of this is. It's easier to do it in peace than it is in chaos. We're going to do it either way. Mm -hmm. If Facebook kicks us off, YouTube kicks us off, you know, Twitter kicks people off and Instagram kicks everybody off, all the Christians, and they try and censor everything. That's not going to stop us. Yeah. We're still going to be the church. We're still going to, and people say, well, we'll eradicate you off the planet. Well, how well has that worked for any generation that's tried to do it? I mean, there have been, the spirit of Antichrist has been operating for, well, since the beginning, yeah. <laughs> uh, as we looked at in the first series. And in the first session that we did, and the Bible's stronger and Christianity stronger than ever. I'll just declare this to you prophetically that Jesus did. The kingdom of God is like a seed, and it will grow, and it will continue to grow, and it will continue to branch out, and it will continue to develop until the return of Christ. And nothing that the devil has will stop it because the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Yeah. Well, and Jesus even told us to pray that the kingdom of God would come on earth. Yeah. So if we're going to have the kingdom of God come on earth, we need to know what we stand for. We need to know what our character is. Yeah. And part of the way we do that is through participating within the governmental legal rights of voting. Mm -hmm. There are enough Christians in this nation to turn it, to turn the laws upside down. Yep. I mean, there's enough Christians in this nation to do it. And you, and even if you're not a Christian and you got a hold of this, message somehow even if you're not you want your freedoms you want to have the right to speak with your your beliefs and you want us to be able to have ours because you take away one it's the process of it eventually it all gets squelched and all of the authority goes into the hierarchy of yeah we're not we don't elect kings yeah we elect officials servants to serve the people. I love what that, I, and I don't remember the exact account here, but I know there was an investigation going on and they, I think they had a former ICE guy that they were investigating, um, you know, the trying to one political party, trying to, trying to uh, demonize, you know, law enforcement and all these things. And I loved what this guy said. He's no longer in office or serving in that position now, but they were questioning him. And he looked at that politician. He said, he said, ma'am, you do, I don't work for you. You work for me. Yeah. And that's our founding fathers. Yep. We the people. Yep. You know, um, specifically, I want to say one more thing. Without the election of leaders who live a life of integrity, we will end up suffering the consequences of the storms of life in governmental leadership. 
The storms of life are not optional. They come to all of us. And so I know you have a, a portion here that you want to talk about with character. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of define what good character actually is, because a lot of people hear the word character and they're like, oh, I think I have that. Yeah. But what does it actually mean? So according to the dictionary, it's actually uh, de defined as this. Somebody that has traits of integrity, honesty, courage, loyalty, fortitude, hmm. and other important virtues that promote good behavior. These character traits define who they are as people and highly influence the choices they make in their life. So if I say I'm of good character, but make choices that don't show good character right. and good behavior, mm -hmm. then I don't actually have the character that I say I am. Right. And so I wanted to take a little bit of time and kind of look at the definition of another type of character. And that's somebody that we're all familiar with is somebody that's an actor, somebody that plays a person on a TV show or a movie in order to convince you that they are that person. But in reality, that may not be who they actually are at all. Right. So there's a, a New York Film Academy that has an article on their website that talks about how to be and create a convincing character. Huh. And so there's a there's four steps in their in their uh, information that they've got posted. And this is really based off somebody that would you know be going into like film school or wanting to become an actor, but it applies to to really anybody because believe it or not, politicians become characters. Yeah, they do. They become whatever somebody around them either pays them to be or what they think the people that are hearing them wants to be. And so this article talks about get into it. You should immerse yourself into the role. So it, it kind of talked about how if you had a role where you were like a homeless person, you would think back to what it's like to go walk in an alley with a big smelly dumpster and what it would be like to live in that environment. And so you begin to process in your mind the emotions and the feelings that you would have in whatever role you're in. Hmm. And so as a politician, when you begin to process what it would be like to represent somebody, maybe then you all of a sudden become a hunter in Montana. Mm -hmm. You've never fired a gun in your life, but <laughs> somehow that uh, video that you posted has you shooting a gun like you've right. done it so many times before, you know, and when you behave in a way that is opposite to what you do, then that's not good character. That's you acting a way that you think people will perceive you and vote for you. Right. So if you're not a hunter, that's fine. I mean, be honest with the people that you're trying to convince to vote for you and say, I believe in your right to hunt, or maybe you don't, but at least tell the truth about it. Right. And then, so the next point on that was to be prepared, make sure to carefully read through your lines as well as memorize them. So if I'm a politician and I can spout off a certain thing over and over again, when you poke me, what's going to come out of me? Yeah. The thing that I memorized. Yeah. But if as a politician, you ask me a question that I don't have memorized or that I'm not familiar with, rather than saying, well, let me look into that for you. I want to know more about that subject. You, you just say, well, you're just a hate monger. Mm -hmm. You know, when you immediately have to get defensive over something, that immediately shows your character isn't developed in that area. Right. When I say, you know what, I don't necessarily believe that all people are going to heaven. Right. Then immediately do you get defensive and say, well, you can't say that. Right. Or do you say, well, you know what? The Bible actually does say that there's only one way that you can get to heaven. Right. And here's what the Bible says about that. And right. this is what I can study and learn from the Bible to enforce my character belief in that area. Right. And so the next point was take a moment. Take a moment to breathe in your scene. So what that was trying to say <laughs> was, you know what you're supposed to do. You've read the script. You've memorized it. Don't just try to, you know, get through the lines as fast as possible and make sure that no everybody understands what you're trying to say. No, but actually take a moment to live in the scene, live in that imaginary thing that you're supposed to be doing. Right. And you see that all the time with politicians when they get off their script. It's like, yeah. Oh, I meant to say that. Uh, and and you can you can see immediately that they don't have roots in what they're saying. Right. They have a memorized slogan right. or a memorized piece of material that they're supposed to give to people. And that really shows immediately what their character is like. Right. If you get them off their script, do they 
jump into a different gear or are they, you know, able to off the cuff without a teleprompter in front of them, say that same type of information, right? You know, maybe all of the facts aren't memorized, but they at least are still giving you the same type of information that they had before. And then the last point that they said was focus, pay attention to what's going on around you in the scene. So what that meant to me was that not only are you supposed to know your lines, but you're supposed to look at people and judge whether they're accepting the lines in the way that you expected them to be. Right. So as an actor, yeah, you want to interact with people in your scene in a certain way. You want the flow of what you're pretending to do right. to seem real. But as a politician, if you are an actor and don't have any character, mm -hmm. when you're, oh, you know, those guys had frowny faces on when I was saying what I was saying. Does that really mean you have character or does that mean that you know how to say things that make people happy and right. treat their feelings in a certain way? Right. And so when we look for somebody that's going to say something, if you talk to somebody that's running for an office, whether it's a small local thing or a bigger government office at a national level, that's that's when you can really judge somebody's character is when you see them off the script. Right. When you see them not just interacting with people, you know, kissing the babies or or whatever, but actually when a situation comes up that requires character and good behavior, does that happen? Right. And you know, the bottom line is there's not anybody that's perfect on this planet. Nope. And you're not going to find somebody that's going to live Jesus every day of their life and not fail. But there are people that either don't want Jesus to live in their life, or there's people that want to say that they know Jesus, but at the same time, Jesus might have the response of, I never knew you. Right. And so that's, as a Christian, somebody that you can discern. Right. I'm not judging you because you don't know God. I'm not judging you because you don't always measure up to the God standard, but I can judge you based off the fact that you had a, a saying that you were going to do and your actions didn't measure up to that. Right. And as a Christian, I'm not supposed to just tear you down and say, you're, you're evil or you are never going to amount to anything, but I'm going to say, Hey, the word of God says this, and this is how we need to change in order to live under God's standard. And, and so many times, in the world of politics, as soon as somebody makes a mistake, it's crucify them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's, I that's on any side. It's not, right. it's easy to throw somebody under the bus and it is. say, we don't, we don't do that. But as Christians, we're called to actually, you know, bring something up, not in public, but in a private setting and say, Hey, I, I noticed this was in your life. And that gives them the opportunity to say, you know what, that is in the word of God. Mm -hmm. And I am going to change my life. And great. If that's their response, then that's actually character. Yeah. But if you bring something up to somebody and they say, well, don't talk to me about that. It's, it's not for, you know, God to be in politics. I just going to do whatever it takes. Right. I love money. Yeah. Whatever the case may be. Those are the people that have no character in their life. Right. And those are the people that we can't have representing us. Right. Then they have a track record and it's, it's stated it's, it's logged in voting and those type of things. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's look at some more platform issues on, on uh, the different parties. Okay. Do you want to do the first one if you want? Yeah. And... So we're going to talk about redefining marriage. So the, the Republican side of this conversation says that the American family is the foundation of a civil society and the cornerstone of the family is natural marriage, the union of one man and one woman. We condemn the Supreme Court's ruling of Oberfeld versus Hodges, and we urge the reversal, whether through judicial reconsideration or constitutional amendment, returning control over marriage to the states. So basically that law was saying that the federal government mandated that you had to allow for civil unions and that you couldn't discriminate against people that wanted to have those type of relationships. Right. So the Democrat... Uh, the Democratic stance on this one supports the redefinition of marriage through the court's judicial act activism in that same uh, uh, law that you just mentioned that recognized LGBT people have the right to marry the person they love. 
And uh, really, we know from Scripture that uh, God designed marriages between a man and a woman, not between a man and a man and a woman and a woman. And uh, that's something that as Christians we need to stand up for, mm -hmm. and we need to have that as a part of our character. So we need, as we go to the polls, as we go to look at who we're voting for, who are you voting for? What is your What do they stand for, and what do you stand for? And uh, there's a lot of debate in the church on this subject, which I'm not going to get into right now. Um, but the scripture is clear. Um, you know, you're always going to have ministers and different ones in the church that are going to side with carnality, with flesh, and with the spirit of Antichrist. But it's not going to change the word of God. And um, you know, it's something to definitely uh, consider, especially like the public school system. What do you want your kids to learn? Uh, do you want your kids to learn that it's okay that they that uh, two people of the same gender marry? Is that your goal? Is that your desire for them? And, um, you know, we're also going to talk about religious liberty versus the LBGT or the LGBT uh, agenda. Uh, and also then what transgenders in bathrooms yeah. and schools. So do you want to? Yeah. So the Republican side of this uh, on their platform states that they strongly support the freedom of Americans to act in accordance with their religious beliefs, not only their houses of worship, but also their everyday lives. They say that they value the right of America's religious leaders to preach and Americans to speak freely according to their faith. Republicans believe that the federal government, specifically the IRS, is constitutionally prohibited from policing, or censoring speech based on religious convictions or beliefs. And therefore, they urge the repeal of the Johnson Amendment. Which President Trump actually did an executive order on that, basically saying he didn't repeal it, but he he basically told the IRS, don't do that. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't enact that one. And so, which is great because it gives us the opportunity to speak out. Yes. Of course, I think we were going to speak out either way. Sure. <laughs> We weren't going to wait for the, for the, yeah, that do, was the whole fear you, of God, uh, honor the King. Yeah. Do, do you love your IRS deduction more yeah, than you love God? Exactly. Exactly. And that's another thing. That's just some reality that Christians need to come to. You know, there are people that give to the church just because it's a tax write-off and you're not even worshiping God and it's wrong. That's not why you give. You get, how many tax write-offs do you think the early church had under Roman rule? They didn't have any. Now, there's a benefit there, and I'm not saying you shouldn't take advantage of it. I take advantage of it. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is what is the motivation behind why you're doing what you're doing? Is it because, whoo, you know, I, I get taxed less, and so I get to keep more of my money? If that's the only motivation, I suggest you check your heart and get before the Lord because it shouldn't be that first. It should be, Lord, I'm doing this because I honor you and you alone. Um, another, uh, on the Democrat side here, uh, claims the Democrats, as far as religious liberty versus the LGBT agenda claims LGBT rights, Trump, religious freedom. It's interesting that Trump's in there, but tr Trump, religious freedom and reject the misuse of religion to discriminate. How is it discrimination? I mean, you could go so many routes with this. Why do I have to? Isn't that you usurping your authority over me if I have to bake a cake for you? Even though I have free, you, you, you cannot sow this type of thing and reap freedom. It doesn't work. Well, at the same time, they're wanting to say, well, we can't display the Ten Commandments. Right. Because there's this imaginary separation between church and state. And so when you are on one side of the fence and the other, that's not good character. Right. Right, exactly. So uh, they will punish faith-based organizations, they've proven this, that con uh, that contract with the government and pull the tax-exempt status of religious universities without transgender bathrooms and showers through imposing federal non-discrimination protections for all LGBT Americans on the basis of gender, sexual orientation, and gender identity. So in other words, they're basically going to try and attempt to shut down everything that would speak out against that way of thinking, living, and doing. And so, um, again, there it goes back to what the lack of freedom of speech as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Okay, and then transgender bathrooms in schools, I got touched a little bit there. but Yeah, so the Republican platform opposes the Obama administration 
uh, Title IX transgender bathroom edict, uh, since it is at once illegal, dangerous, and ignores privacy issues, and imposes social and cultural revolution am amongst American people by wrongly redefining sex discrimination to include sexual orientation and other categories. So essentially, they're going to be attacked if um, if if Republicans maintain this place of wanting to have the separation and not having the transgender issue. We, we've all looked at and, and seen, especially when some of these things began to be passed by the Obama administration, we saw some of the effects that took place. I mean, you, you have different companies like Target and different ones starting to put these things into play. And you have men going into the bathroom following a, a mom and her daughter into the women's bathroom. That's not going to make anybody feel comfortable because that man identifies as a woman and on the Republican side, we're they're they're saying, no, we're not going to follow that that prince. That's not right. Mm -hmm. That's that's not right at all. Um, and we've seen and there are many situations that have been brought up where um, basically you 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 have a man who's who's deviant in his thinking. He's got the spirit of Antichrist operating in him and he goes after children. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's a disgusting thing. And it stirs up quite the emotion within really every group on both sides, but what are, who are we electing? Yeah. What is the platform? Do we want a, uh, those in office who will stand against, um, the, the, uh, the, the attempt of overthrow of biblical identity in gender, or do we want those that say we can be whatever we want? Now I'm going to make a statement here. And I think some people will think it's crazy. Um, even among Christians, but I'm just going to say this because it's actually in the scriptures um, as far as the progression of how some of these things take place. You know, it starts with homosexuality and then it goes to, it can go to, and it has gone to, well, I'm a man, but I want, I identify as a woman. So I'm going to have a change in my uh, organs, in my body to, to reflect. And I'm beginning to act like a woman and, and walk, talk like, try and, you know, talk like a woman, all those things. Um, because that's what I believe I am. What eventually takes place, and we're seeing it right now in the culture, is eventually now, where does it end? How do you, you know, I had somebody tell me this a while back, um, got really upset with me because I said it wasn't okay to, to have a homosexual relationship. They got very upset with me. And they said, well, you hate those people. I said, no, I don't hate them. I love them. Um, and they said, well, you hate them because you're saying that they can't be with the one that they love. And I said, how are they defining what love is? Well, they feel love for that person. So I looked at this person who happened to be a mother and happened to have kids. And I said, okay, what if your neighbor as an adult decides that they have feelings of love for your child and the person jumped back, you know, they, they step back. They said, well, no, that's not right. I said, well, how do you know that's not right? And they didn't have an answer. Yeah, because that's a moral standard just like right. anything else. How are you going to define? There has to be a definition to what love is. If it's just how I feel, if it's just how you feel, then where does it end? I know people that love their dog. I know people that love, and people say, well, that would never happen. It's not going to go to pedophilia and those things. It's there now. It doesn't, you, you, there are, there are people going to, they're pushing for laws now. Mm -hmm. They're pushing for it now. Um, and we need to be aware of that as Christians. Is that what you want? You People say, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm a Democrat. Is that what you want? Do you want your kids growing up and being schooled in the fact that they are not the gender they were born in? Is that what you want? Do you want them wondering whether they're a boy or a girl? Talk about confusion and chaos and ruin to a child. Yeah, those certainly aren't the characteristics of God when he says, I know that I have a plan for you yes. and that I formed you in your mom's womb. Right. I mean, those are pretty evident that he kind of knows before you were even born. Even in, our, to be. even in our culture, medically with psychology, it's illegal to counsel somebody who has gender dysphoria into with the reality of the fact that they might be wrong and seeing it wrong. If, if, if the psychology of America continues to follow this progressive thought that isn't even new, 
None of it's new. It's been around for years. It's in the scriptures. It's a, it's a historically documented that gender identity, that trans uh, genders, that dressing, a man dressing as, none of that is new. It's been around for years and years and years and years, long before any Democrat currently was on the planet. Mm -hmm. And so and it's the spirit of Antichrist, and yeah. we need to deal with that. And there are, man, I'm telling you, if you don't believe me on this, Go to the internet, go to Google, and look up uh, people that have given their hearts to the Lord that were transgender at one time and listen to their testimonies. Don't even listen to me. I mean, I don't struggle with this at all. This is not something that I'm struggling with. But go and search these things. There are so many good uh, former homosexuals, former transgenders that have ministries that are just – people are being set free all over the place, and you're never going to hear about it on CNN, ABC, NBC, maybe not even Fox News. I, you know, I don't know, but you're never going to hear about it in these places because it just doesn't sell. Freedom and peace in hearts doesn't sell like yeah. the fear and the terror and yeah. the and the supposed free thinkers. Yeah, it makes a better movie anyway. It does. It it makes a better movie. It's true. So the Democrats, we know in this last one here, they support the Obama administration's uh, redefinition of sex discrimination and. Um, that title to mandate transgender bathrooms and showers in public schools and universities through the continued development of sex discrimination law to cover LGBT people. And what title is that there? I'm not a Roman numeral guy. That's a nine. Okay. So title nine in that specifically, if you're going to vote for the Democrats, you're going to have that. And I know it says the Obama administration, but in all actuality, this is, it has, it's not one person. It's not one politician. It's not one person that's driving the whole thing. There is a platform that they have that they're following. And if we as believers vote for that and follow for that, we're going to reap the harvest of it. And there's just no way around it. Um, and then we'll suffer the consequences thereof. Um, and, you know, God can still take care of his church. Mm -hmm. But like I said before in the last series or in the last session, we prefer to do it in peace. Yeah. And is there anything else you wanted to share along those lines or should I? wrap it up and uh, move to six. That's all that I have for this one. Okay. Father, we do. We thank you for this opportunity to come together. We thank you, Lord, that you're ministering to your church, to your people. Lord, that even you're bringing light to those, even though this truth is coming and maybe it's hitting hard. Maybe there's somebody who has watched who said, well, I'm watching you, but you are just making me angry. Um, and this truth is cutting me. This truth is hitting hard. It's like a, so it's almost like it's burning me like a fire. Well, it would be biblical that it is. And God is reaching out to you. He loves you. He cares for you. He has a plan for you. And if you begin to shape your thinking to his thinking and allow him to infiltrate your thinking, he will redeem you out of the chaos. Listen, the disorder that you're experiencing within you, your emotions are all over the place. You can't control your thoughts. You need the spirit of Christ to eradicate the spirit of Antichrist within you. So, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're ministering to people right now, that truth is going out, that you're stirring up the body of Christ to be no longer silent, but to raise their voices in declaration of kingdom principles and be, them being uh, putting a demand on those in authority that they function within those things. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.